This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, Sirius XM, channel 88 at... 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, telephone number to join the show. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. I think we need to do the Brian Windhorst, the phenomenal ESPN NBA reporter. What is going on in? What's going on with the Chicago Bears today? My God, what happened yesterday? How do you even begin to think about all of the drama from two quarterback press conferences, a defensive coordinator resignation, a quarterback release, and an offensive lineman IR? That's what's going on in Chicago. You know what's not going on? Game planning for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> My God. Which is a big problem because that's one of the better teams that you're going to face, maybe the best team that you're going to face all season long. And so that's the part that's a little bit surprising for me, Smalls, that there's not more focus on the task at hand, which is trying to put together a game plan that allows you to be more competitive than you have been over the first two weeks. Because that's what competent organizations do, is that they focus on the task at hand. The Chicago Bears, we had so much hope for them that this was going to be the season where they turned the page, where they stepped out of the past that had been so rough and into a bright future with Justin Fields. They showed themselves yesterday to be exactly who we thought that they were. Unfortunately, they're so confused. They're the person that you say, hey, when's your birthday? And the person says, Hi, you know, sometime <laughs> in November. Well, that's not an answer, right? you got to be specific. You've got to be detailed. Sometime in November indicates chaos, and that's what's going on with the Chicago Bears. So let's we, we're going to walk you through this because it was a lot from yesterday. Let's first start out with Justin Fields. So he meets with the media, the quarterback that people had on that MVP list before the season – that's funny now. Um, and he said a couple of things yesterday. I want you to listen to this. And we'll initially react to the initial comments by Justin Fields because he did the circle back later. Here's the initial comments from Fields. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not, not, not playing like myself. So um, uh, my goal this week is just to say effort and just go out there and you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and playing off of instincts rather than just, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back. So it's a game. Um, and, and, and that's it, because that's when, you know, I play my best is when I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself. So bump all the you know what I should do, what I this and that, like pocket stuff, like I'm gonna go out there and be me. Uh, they wanted me to work on staying in the pocket during during the off season, which you know there's times where you do. But when that internal clock goes off, that's when you need to get out and extend the play, make a play. So um, yeah, so it's just kind of like taking their coaching, and then there's always going to be like you don't have to always. I guess it's not going to work out perfectly every time. So yes, there's times where I could have stayed in the pocket, but like in that play that specifically, like I was in the pocket for a long time, so I got to you know, extend the play, get out of the pocket, extend the play. Do something with it, you know, make 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 something shake. So um that's that's kinda what I'm talking about though, and kinda, you know, getting back into my game and you know, becoming more of a football player than, you know, such a thinker on the field. So when you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? You know, could be uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that, but at the end of the day I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's you know, it's it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just 
thinking less and you know playing more. Okay, there's a lot there, right? A and lot and to I'm going to ask this question for you guys and set this up in a way that we know there's more, right? We know he met with the media later in the day, but those comments created chaos all throughout the day, all the fans, etc. CC, translate what he said. The initial comments there of what he said. What does that mean from a football perspective? Well, I think there's some truth to it. What he's talking about is being able to go out there and react and let his natural abilities, his instincts take over. Now, in order for that to happen as a player, you, you have to have a comfortability with the game plan and with the scheme that you're being asked to execute. And I think there's clearly a disconnect between what Justin Fields likes to do and what Luke Getzky wants to call. But the problem with trying to blend the two styles together is that if you're Luke Getzky, their offensive coordinator, the schemes that you're drawing up are working. There are receivers that are running wide open in defensive secondaries, and Justin Fields is not putting the ball on him. If you exclude the rookie quarterbacks, Justin Fields is fourth when it comes to off-target percentage this season through the first two games. That's something that has to improve. Like, in the pocket, Justin Fields has got to find a way to be more efficient. We know what happens when he breaks out of the pocket, but it's not necessary on every play to extend the down when the scheme is actually working to get you wide open targets downfield. Like there's a seven cut against the Bucks, Robert Tanyan, all Justin Fields has to do is put it on him. Or there's a screen pass to Khalil Herbert in, in the flat. I mean, Justin Fields has got to put it on him. Or how about this, Justin? Don't throw an interception to Shaq Barrett in the shadow of your own goal line. There are certain things that at this stage in his career he shouldn't be doing. And there are certain things that he's got to be better at. And the fact that we can't say definitively that he's evolved to the point where they have conviction that he's their future franchise quarterback is alarming in and of itself. Yeah, to me, it was just finger pointing left and right. It was, I'm not myself, I'm overthinking it. And it's because these people are trying to make me something I'm not. And I need to get back to my natural instincts. I mean, he flat out called out the coaches in the second portion of the sound there. But even when he was intimating that he's overthinking things and he needs to get back to himself, he's effectively pointing the finger at people who are trying to shape him into something different. Yeah, and I also think it's one of these things that, again, sometimes with prosperity – different things happen, you do less of what you're good at, right? We see it all the time in management. Like, oh, you're great in sales. Let's make you the sales manager. Well, you're doing actually less sales, and you do more in management of people. <laughs> yes. Hey, you're, right. you're a great scrambler. You're a great at improv as a quarterback. Now let's really develop you as a pocket passer and graduate you to that next level. But that's not actually what he's good at. So they're trying to make him arguably into something that he's not as good at. Now, I would argue... You can't not be that if you want to win. Like, Lamar Jackson is a great runner. But Lamar Jackson runs when he doesn't have a pass. Lamar Jackson's a great pocket passer now. No doubt. And I think that the problem here is Fields just wants to play the way he wants to play. But I don't know that, CC, you can win that way in the NFL. Well, I, I, I think you can, you can win making some off-schedule plays every now and again. But consistently, the guys that go on deep playoff runs, they can win from the well. And that's the most important part for Justin Fields. He's got to find a way to be able to see it, to read out his progression better than he has through the first two games. In the pocket, Justin Fields has the second worst QBR behind Deshaun Watson. How's Deshaun Watson look this year? Not great. Not great. And that's the part that I'm, I'm sitting there saying, they got you DJ Moore. You've got Darnell Mooney. You've got Chase Claypool. You've got Robert Tanyan. You've got Cole Komet. You've got Khalil Herbert in the backfield. You have all of the skill position players that it should take in order to be a successful quarterback. So why can't you access those guys? Why can't you utilize them? It's clear that he's uncomfortable doing what they're asking him to do. But 
I stop short of trying to defend Justin Fields when Justin Fields airs out the dirty laundry in front of the media. That Bingo. what he did yesterday, the the first soundbite that we heard, the, the first time he addressed the media, you just can't do that. And you can't set your head coach up that like that knowing that he's talking to the media 20 minutes later. The fact that he was out there saying that he's playing robotic and it's because of the things that the coaching staff is putting in his head is a complete cop out and it's unbecoming of a quarterback that is deemed a franchise guy. Cece, I could not agree more. Perhaps the most shop, shocking part of this to me isn't what Justin Fields said about his play because we've watched the games. We yeah. understand that it's not working from a, a positional standpoint with Justin Fields. He needs to be better. We all know that. But the fact that we're heading into week three and he's pointing the finger at his coaches publicly, that he's airing out this dirty laundry, if if this is what he's saying publicly, imagine how severe the dysfunction is behind the scenes. Well, and what he had to do yesterday was a thing you never want to do in life. You say something, and then you realize, hmm, i got to do the circle back. Oh, wait, I said something to Smalls five <laughs> hours later. Oh, God, i got to circle back with Smalls on this because this, this, ain't, this ain't work. Something's off here. So Fields, players, I'm speaking for CeCe, I know this, players don't want to meet with the media once. He met with the media twice yesterday (laughs) because he had to do the circle back. Here's what Fields, who regathered the media in the locker room, had to say to try to clean up aisle three. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. Never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never will you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else. In this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's, that's what I should have said in the first place. But, you know, I was trying to give y'all more details because, you know, I appreciate y'all for doing what y'all do. And I try to give y'all the information y'all want for you guys' job. So um, I'm going to do that and in the future. like, But I ask you guys to, just to put the whole quote out. Don't cut it up into words and pieces to make it seem like I'm saying something that I'm not. So why bring up somebody else's name? Like you're saying you're not going to put it on anybody else, but you're going to bring up the coaches when they ask you why haven't you been playing well and you go into detail about how you've been robotic? Stop it, man. Like I I don't want to crush Justin Fields today cuz he's only Too late. he's 20 <laughs> he's 24 years old, yeah. right? He's 24 years old. So he's young. There's still time for him to develop and mature. I'm just simply saying this from an accountability standpoint, don't bring up somebody else's name when they ask you a direct question about your performance. Say you've got to be better. And I love the fact that you're aware of trying to be partners with the media and helping them grow the game. But how about you focus on trying to do your job? Sometimes you ain't got to be all the way honest. You don't got to keep it a buck all the time. Yesterday was an example of when keeping it real goes wrong. And Justin Fields right now needs to make it go right with this offense. Four turnovers and three total touchdowns through the first two weeks ain't exactly what Ryan Poles, their general manager, envisioned when they put together this team this season, this is supposed to be a squad that was ascending. Right now, it seems like the organization and the offense and Fields' development is regressing. I thought it was an A-plus circle back. He's like, hey, listen, I- I'm sorry. I-, I was trying to be good to you. Help me help you type vibes. Yeah. I-, I misspoke. It's on me. I have accountability. It reminded me of when I was younger and I might have sassed back to my dad. And then I knew I was going to get grounded. And I was like, yes, sir. Anytime he addressed me afterwards, you better believe I, I was going to stand up straight. I was going to say the right things. Clearly someone heard internally what Justin Fields said about the coaching, about why he wasn't progressing. And somebody gave him a talking to. And he 
circled back and made sure that he said all of the right things in round two. This circle back is rough. We've all done it. It's bad. We've all done it's it. It's bad because we know what you really meant is what you told us the first time. But he yeah. did a good what job. You, though, what right? you really meant is what it's you told so us the bad. first time. I've done it. Like I've the, done the, it. the second Probably time, done it every day. the second time is not what you really meant. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, exactly. He yeah, did no, the circle back. No one in Chicago is writing today. He was just trying to help us out. He was trying no. to give us more details. No, they're not writing anything good until Justin Fields gives them something good to write about, Correct. and that has to be his performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, they're not focused on the Kansas City Chiefs. The defensive coordinator is gone. Well, Matt Eberflus has to deal with that. So the ultimate, but wait, there's more? <laughs> we just spent 10 minutes on the chaos going on with the Chicago Bears and the big circle back by Justin Fields after he threw the coaches under the bus. But wait, there's more. Could the FBI be involved? What? What is going on in Chicago? What is going on in Chicago? We'll get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot this is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN app. I know ESPN 1000 Chicago is listening right they now. They are popping right now, cuz. <laughs> Actually, I don't, are they listening or are they so frustrated that they're hate listening? Because there's a difference, right? It's oh, like, it's certainly the hate listening variety. Yeah, yeah. At, this point, they, right now? at this point, they just want the house to completely burn down. <laughs> it's on fire. They want it to go down in a scorching singe. Like, that's what they want right now because the Chicago Bears have been one of those franchises over the last four or five years that can't seem to get out of their own way. It's unbelievable. So yesterday, as you hear all of the sound, we just played some of it from Justin Fields, and if you missed any of the first portion of our show, you go back later on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast, that Justin Fields... Throws the coaches under the bus, does the circle back, says, no, 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 it's on you guys and not on me in terms of the <laughs> no, way. I'm trying to help you. Right, I'm right. It's on the media guys. here. <laughs> and oh, by the way, they put their uh, starting uh, tackle, Braxton Jones, right, on the IR. Oh, oh, by the way, they cut a backup quarterback in Nathan Peterman, who who knew it was still in the league, which is just remarkable in itself. 
And then there's this like lingering stuff that's out there that the internet is blowing up yesterday about their defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. And he is someone that I guess was not physically at the last game that they played in Tampa because of personal reasons. Now, before we go even further, did you ever in your 10, 11 years in the league ever have a coordinator not come to a game? No. Okay, never. so let's just put that in perspective, yeah, right? Never. So he doesn't come to the game. There's all kinds of speculation that we are not going to dive into other than this. Other than Peanut Tillman, the former great bear, works for the FBI. And now the, the internet is like, oh, Peanut Tillman's involved with this and the FBI. We have no idea if that's true. But that's where this went yesterday on the internet of chaos, right? And then all of a sudden, in the midst of the Justin Fields stuff and the circle back, it's the defensive coordinator resigns two games into the season. In your decade in the league, did you ever have a day, ever, that resembled what the Bears had yesterday? No, never seen it. Where the franchise quarterback basically blames the coaching staff for his poor performance, and then you have a defensive coordinator decide that he's going to step away from the team and then have rumors of law enforcement being involved. Which we're not and, saying it is. We're just saying the internet no, was blowing no, up. No, I'm just saying that. rumors yeah, of that and, and, and law enforcement showing up at Allen Williams' house and potentially being at Hallis Hall. Now, since then, we've had insiders come out and refute all of that, that those reports. But the fact that there's that much smoke around the Chicago Bears is troubling. And it speaks to what I said yesterday about some organizations not being able to create the environment the, and have the infrastructure in place to develop their people properly, and particularly Justin Fields, the quarterback. That is the future of the franchise. If you ever want to get to a point where you have sustained success, you have to be able to develop the most important position in all the team sports. And the Chicago Bears just can't do that. Matt Eberflus has to be a huge part of getting Justin Fields on track. But guess what he has to do now? Take over play-calling responsibilities because the defensive coordinator – had to, quote-unquote, step down. So it is an absolute dumpster fire out there in Chicago in Hallis Hall, and I don't know how they get back on track, and I certainly don't know how they compete against the Kansas City Chiefs because it feels like they're thinking about everything but at this point. How can you not, though? I mean, if heading into week three, either one of those things independently happened, that would be a massive story in itself. That the franchise quarterback who was supposed to take a step forward is publicly calling out the coaches and saying, they're trying to make me into something I'm not, paraphrasing. That's a massive story. Yes. The defensive coordinator, after two weeks leaving the team, especially when you're going up against the reigning champs on Thursday night football, days before the game, is also independent of itself. A massive story. Putting both of those things together within hours of itself is so reflective on what's going on with the Chicago Bears right now. And it's not just Matt Eberflus and this crew. It's it's the Matt Nagy, Mark Tressman. I don't know what is in the water in Hallis Hall, but it's just institutionally bad in Chicago. It's been regime after regime that can't get it right there. So a couple of updates and footnotes to this, right? So the internet was blowing up to a point that the organization had to say this is not a legal thing, there's no FBI raid or anything (laughs) like that. So they've denied that, right? But the problem then becomes all the reporters that were covering the the defensive coordinator situation – when he resigned for health and family purposes, I saw multiple reporters come out and say that is not what we were looking into relative to the possibility of resignation. Oh, oh boy. So they are looking into something else. Now, I'm not going to speculate as to what that is. I don't know. But either the reporters are wrong or Alan Williams got in front of this preemptively and said, hey, I'm out before whatever is next. And I don't know. I'm not going to speculate over that. But this is a complete mess. And here's the thing. 
There was absolutely, in my opinion, outside looking in, there was no warning signs for this. There was no indication this offseason that the Chicago Bears would be a hot mess. Everybody was believing in their quarterback. Organizationally, they made great. They brought in Kevin Warren, the new president of the team that people like. They have they have uh, they're on ESPN 1000, which is a big win. They they have all these great things organizationally that you're looking at and you're like, okay, they they seem like what they're supposed to be like. That's that feels like what the Chicago Bears is supposed to be like. We didn't see any of this coming. CC's been all over the Giants, right? There were hints that the Giants. They paid Daniel Jones too much. Mm-hmm. Saquon holdout or whatever. There were hints that maybe, and they played a night against the, the Niners. Oh. There were hints. Yeah, exactly. There were <laughs> hints that maybe they could be a hot mess. I don't think there was any hint that the Bears could be a hot mess. No, everybody was excited about the Bears. I remember coming into this season, we were saying that Justin Fields is clearly the most talented quarterback in the division. He's got a ton of potential. But as Bill Parcells used to always say, potential just means you haven't done it yet. And that's the part that is a little bit scary when it comes to Chicago Bears history and their pattern with not being able to develop high draft picks at the quarterback spot. I mean, from the Cade McNowns to the Rex Grossmans to the Mark uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky's and now Justin Fields, he feels like he's the latest in a long line of quarterbacks that just can't get right with the Bears. And so you wonder now, where does this franchise go? It feels like it's setting up for Ryan Poles to have to take another shot at this thing in 2024 in the NFL draft. But why would we think that draft pick would be any different than the quarterbacks that the Bears have taken in the first round in recent memory? Yeah, why would we think that Chicago could develop anybody else if they can't do it with Justin Fields? And this is – the fact that it is he's not developing on the field and you're having him say these things publicly off the field, I just think is so indicative of the environment there. If we all three got in a big fight, I would never publicly say anything badly about you guys because we're a family and we're going to work it out together. The fact that heading into week three, it's already reached a boiling point where Justin Fields, and I know he did the A-plus circle back and, and tried to cover his tracks, but the fact that he publicly would say, yeah, coaching has a lot to do with this. I need to get back to what I do and stop listening to them. We're heading into week three. This is outrageous. It's small. That's the funniest part about Justin Fields' circle back. I mean, the initial comments, he said, I don't know, it could be coaching. He doesn't bring up any other plausible explanation. He says it could be coaching. I.e., it is coaching. Correct. Like, you're asking me why I'm playing robotic. It's coaching. Correct. I'm not bringing up my study habits. I'm not bringing up the supporting cast. I'm not bringing up the culture, the overall environment. It could be coaching. No, it is coaching. That's what you meant. You're pointing the finger at your coaches. How about you point the thumb? Think about what you can be doing better. And just say that. That as a quarterback, you can't get in trouble if you blame yourself. And it seems like he tried to take that tack the second go-round. But once you already put it out there the first time, that's all anybody else is going to be paying attention to because they believe that was the genuine, authentic response to the question you were initially asked. But he clearly didn't care about burning that bridge, which I think is interesting. What CC is saying is that everybody should just take the Patriot way when they speak to the media. I'm just going to take it as that. After two weeks, wow. we ask one simple question. You betting that? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Giants-Niners tonight, Thursday night football. Uh, I am absolutely <laughs> so convinced the Giants are going to get destroyed. San Francisco is favored by 10.5. I'll take the Niners minus 10.5. God have mercy, and you didn't even hesitate. No. Didn't even I'll, hesitate. I'll go further. I, I was thinking about this. If the Giants don't win by double digits, I'm sorry, the, the oh, Niners yeah. don't win by, sorry. If the Niners don't say, win what? by double digits, <laughs> this is gonna be real. I'll go next week. You guys all destroyed me yesterday for my button down. Yeah. I'll go five days in a row button down just to get destroyed. So you're going to go car salesman all next week. If, you, if the if, Giants. If the 49ers don't win by double digits. Yes. Okay. Deal? I'll I can take buy that into bet. that. I'll so what that you're bet. saying is we're going to be able to get to bed early tonight. With Thursday oh, night yeah. football. Oh, yeah. So 8.15, click off, over, under, going to sleep at 10 o'clock. Under. Under? under? <laughs> so it's, so it's going to be over in the, the first Giants, half. No Saquon, who you say is the whole team, and yeah. no Andrew Thomas, who's a top five offensive lineman draft pick. Yeah. That's not a good combination no, against a team a good, that never loses anymore. Not great, Bob. Yeah, they just not don't great, lose. Not great. And, they st- and they've been starting slow. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers are going to take advantage of that. Nuno and I are not looking forward to watching this game Sorry, tonight. guys. We have to watch it for our job, but I don't want to. <laughs> By the way, do you I, call I, it? I might be hate watching the Giants That's tonight. That's what I'm saying. I might be hate watching the Giants. When he said that it was Niners-Giants tonight, you, like, yeah. physically cringed. Yeah, because I, I was sitting here thinking about it. Last night, the line was 10 points. The 49ers were laying 10. It's moved to 10 and a half. Yeah. Cash keeps coming in on the Niners. That ain't great. That ain't great. It's smart. <laughs> By the way, do you call it a button down or a button up? Button down. That's down, what I call down, it. Down, yeah, down, a lot down. of people call it a button up, which no, I don't get. A button up is more like a figure of speech, right? Yeah. yeah button, 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 down. button down is more like the literal shirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, uh, you guys know I like playing games, so let's play a little game The Giants here. won't look buttoned up tonight. No. <laughs> Anything but. <laughs> I can promise. And thus, I won't have to wear button down. downs. <laughs> They're going to get dressed down. Wow. Well done, Smalls. All right. Let's play a little game called You Betting That. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a team. I'm going to give you what their summer over-under was and now what it's updated to, and you have to bet on it. So let's start with the hot mess that is the Chicago Bears. Their over-under over the summer was 7.5. It's now down to 5.5. Would you take the over-under Bears wins under, under. under. The roof. The roof. The roof, roof is on fire. fire. And instead of putting water on the damn thing, they keep throwing gas. <laughs> it ain't going to get better. The D.C. just left. The quarterback threw the coaching staff under the bus. How do you get that fixed? It's not going to get fixed. 
Fade the Chicago Bears. Bet against them in every matchup. Fade them on the futures total when it comes to their wins. They ain't going to get five and a half wins. There's no way you can look at that schedule with the Chiefs coming up next and say that the Chicago Bears are going to get to six wins. No way, no how. Honestly, thoughts and prayers to my friends in Chicago. T's and P's, I love you guys. I can't even imagine the emotional turmoil that you're in right now. They thought that this was the season. And now here we are saying there's no chance that they're going to that they'll get over five wins on the season that they're they are stuck in purgatory by the way this just quarterback and miserable play purgatory sorry smalls the the sneaky part of this is you just mentioned they have the chiefs this week they don't get the cardinals (laughs) there's no like okay fine we can catch our breath they're the best team there there is all right giants before the season summer over under was at seven and a half it's now down to six and a half CC is like ducking underneath the <laughs> mic right now. <laughs> Would you take over under six and a half for the Giants? His body language says it all. Under. The roof, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Under, I mean, I, I, I want to be optimistic about my Giants, but but their next four opponents were playoff teams from a year ago, and three of those games are on the road, including tonight. And if you look a little further past that, they got the Washington Commanders, who are two and zero right now. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. Not great. I, I just, with no Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas being out of the lineup, those are the two best players on the offense, maybe the two best players on the team. I, I don't know how they survived that. Daniel Jones with Saquon Barkley off the field, he's, his QBR goes down a full 10 points, and he's got 16 touchdowns to 17 interceptions. So, yeah, I'm not expecting the best version of him tonight or in the future without Saquon or Andrew Thomas. I was looking at their schedule. I don't, they could be winless up until the bye is Which this, is at the end of November. Well, so you're not even counting the win against the Cardinals as a win at this point. The Cardinals have more fight in them that, than we <laughs> right, expected. Right, so I'm saying the comeback doesn't – I agree with you. Yeah. The comeback does not count it, as a win. No, no, like I'm, saying, I'm saying like starting tonight, right. they could be winless through the bye. Be- Let me just rattle off these names. 49ers tonight, then Seattle, Miami, Buffalo, the Commanders, the Jets, the Raiders, the Cowboys, Commanders again, Patriots. Do you think that the Giants can beat any of those teams? Yes, I think they could beat the Jets. I don't know. I don't that. know. We're I don't know about that. With we'll that see defense? what happens with Saquon and, and Andrew Saquon's Thomas. Saquon's not there? I, I'll say this. The Giants may be a sneaky tank team this year. They may be a sneaky tank team. Caleb this Williams year. in New York would look nice. That would be fun. Now, are we giving any bit of a Brian Dayball bump because he is a good coach and they did outperform? Is he a good coach? Well, they is outperformed. He a good coach? I mean, he won coach of the year last year, but if you take Evan's word for it, Bill Belichick. Assistant coaches, they outkick their coverage in their first year, and then they go back to earth the following season. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You always find out about the Belichick guys in year three. Yeah, Giants fans know that with Joe Judge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get to a year three. Exactly. All right, over, under. Bengals before the season were 11 and a half. They're now down to nine and a half because of the 0-2 start and the Burrow injury. Over, under, nine and a half for the Bengals. I think it's under, but ever so slightly. I look at them as a nine and eight team and flirting with a wild card spot. Now, the Joe Burrow of it all is what's going to determine that. I think the Bengals need to shut him down immediately. He shouldn't play until week eight against the San Francisco 49ers after their bye. And I think based on what their upcoming schedule is, the next four games, you could ask Jake Browning to give you a split with the players that they have as the supporting cast. So I'm going to say under, but ever so slightly. And this is why I don't love to gamble, because I would take the over. Even though I know Joe Burrow's dealing with the calf, and that's such a huge question mark, I'm such a believer in him when he's out there, even if he's not 100%, that 
the fact that he could be out there would allow me to make this bet. Now, I don't feel great about it, but I'm still going to go with the over. I think that's a good bet. I think if you think that they're not going to shut him down and he's going to play, then that, that makes sense. All right, next one. Niners before the season. They somehow are only 10 and a half before the season after finishing last year with 10 straight wins, which is interesting. Now they're up to 12 and a half. Niners over under 12 and a half. Oh, I'm going over. I'm going over with the Niners. I, I just I, I saw what they've been able to do the first two weeks of the season. They are the most complete team, offense, defense, special teams in the National Football League. Brock Purdy, it doesn't seem like he's having any ill effects with the UCL. He's tied for the top QBR through the first two weeks of the season. That was my biggest concern along with their offensive line. Check and check with both of those things. And Steve Wilkes as their D.C. has kind of been a seamless transition from D'Amico Ryan. So th- there's nothing that I've seen over the course of the first two weeks that would make me think the Niners aren't capable of being a 13-14 win team. I'm with you, CC. My only question was about Brock Purdy and the elbow. He's answered all of those questions with an exclamation point. I feel great about the Niners. I'm taking this bet. All right, next one. Over-unders preseason versus now. Cowboys before the season were 10 wins. Now they're 11.5. Over-under 11.5 for Dallas. You know I don't want to do this because I said the Cowboys wouldn't make the playoffs. That's right. You know I don't want to do this. Under protest. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. And I still don't trust the quarterback or the head coach. But you know what? I trust Michael Parsons in that defense. You mean the, the new tight end? The new tight end <laughs> and the do-everything guy on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the guy that since he showed up, that defense has led the league in takeaways. Both seasons, since he showed up, that team has been a 12-win squad every year. So, yeah, I'm going to go over with this one. Not trusting the quarterback, not trusting the head coach, but the defense is so good around Michael Parsons, it might not matter. I think I'm going to take the over as well, but I don't feel great about it. Just because Dak at times has burned you in the past, so I don't want to 100% put all my money, my, my hard-earned pennies on the Cowboys. But after the way they've played through two weeks, how do you not feel great about them? All right, Jets, before the season 9.5, which actually felt low at that point with all the hype. They're now down to 7.5, obviously subject to a change of quarterback potentially. Over, under, seven and a half wins for the Jets. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under ever so slightly. And now here's the thing. Zach right, Wilson. Seven and ten, you're saying, basically? Yeah, seven and ten, the same record that they had last year. Zach Wilson made some throws, man. Say what you want about the kid. He made some throws. I thought he engineered a pretty good two-minute drive at the end of the first half that set him up for points. I mean, if the defense can do what it needs to do, which is be better than the opposing team's defense every single week, and generate extra possessions through takeaways and field position for that offense, then they'll find their way to some wins. But it ain't gonna be getting it ain't gonna be anything getting close to the ceiling that we projected coming into the year. I thought that they would win the AFC East. Now I'd be surprised if they didn't finish last in the AFC East. Wow. That is a really tough pill to swallow if you're a Jets fan. Where's the lie, Smalls? No, you, you're not wrong. Okay. But what did we say? The defense is going to be so sound that they just need competent quarterback play and they'll still be a really formidable team. So I'm going to go with the over here because even though it hasn't looked great consistently with Zach Wilson, you're right. That that strike to Garrett Wilson, I think it was a 68-yard throw. There yep. were moments in that game last weekend where you thought maybe he could put this together. So uh, maybe it's misguided. But I'm going to put a little bit of faith in Zach Wilson. I'm going to take the over. All right. There's no faith right now in Chicago, unfortunately, in the Bears at this moment. Are they the most prominent dumpster fire in all of sports? We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Once upon a time, not long ago. <laughs> slick Ev over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never been called Slick in my life. I never. Wish. Never. <laughs> been called Rick more than I've been called Slick. I don't know. <laughs> that shirt yesterday is a little slick, right? I got my ESPN LA shirt <laughs> rocking today, so there we go. Unsportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app, along with Small CC Evan Cohen, with you. All right, here's what we got. The Chicago Bears are a complete mess right now. In one day yesterday, they had their quarterback throw their coaches under the bus. He had to do the circle back to the media. Hey, I didn't really mean that. This is what I meant. Their defensive coordinator resigned. They cut a backup quarterback, and they put a starting tackle on I. That was just a Wednesday. <laughs> wow. And they have Mahomes and Reed this week. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. You need the uh, the Liam Neeson taken. Good luck on that one. So now, are they the biggest dumpster fire in sports? And if not, who is? 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. How would you top? And we want to hear from you guys out there on that. How, could you top the Bears in terms of dumpster fire right it's now? It's hard to do that right now. But I'll point to uh, a, a local team, the New York Mets. They oh, came. They, they came into this year with the highest payroll in baseball. And then they ended up having to ship off Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander before the trade deadline. And you're talking about a team that's 11 games below 500 and 27 games back of the division leader in the NL East. They are absolutely awful for a franchise that had championship aspirations. They got the new owner who's the richest in all of the sport. You thought that this was the year that they were going to break through. No, it's more the same. It's us being on the outside looking in for the most part in the postseason. That's that's. That's where the New York Mets are. I, I think it's one of the worst franchises in all of sports right now based on what's going on in that building. Are we forgetting that the Angels exist? Yes. Are we forgetting about the Los Angeles Angels? Yes. It is a, and that's an indictment on how big of a hot mess it's been over the past decade plus. It is a wasteland of elite talent. Uh, Artie Moreno loves to collect stars. Think about the, the names that they've had there over the past decade. You wasted Albert Pujols, one of the greatest players in the history of baseball, coming off a World Series victory. You wasted Mike Trout, and you somehow wasted Shohei Otani with the two of the latter being on the same exact team. How do you mess that up? It's the Angels. It's one of the worst run organizations in the history of sports. The fact that over the summer, they had an opportunity to deal Shohei Otani and really pivot the way that they do business, get a bunch of draft capital, build from the inside, and they didn't do it is outrageously dysfunctional. It, it really, It's really shocking the fact that they've been so bad historically and yet a guy like Shohei Otani would choose to come over here when he left Japan, right? But it's lot- amazing how they still seem to be able to lure people there and then all of a sudden prove that they can do very little with a whole lot of talent. Some of that had to do with location and time zone, ballpark, but I wonder if he could do that over if he would choose differently. Well, okay, so what you just said is based on 
Well, a couple things. Yours is is not the Met expectations, yeah. right, with the Mets. Yours is poorly run franchise, which, by the way, add Josh Hamilton and Anthony Rendon in terms of bad contracts 100%. over the course of the time with the Angels. To me, that doesn't feel as dumpster fiery as the Bears. I think you need other stuff along with it. And that's where, and I'm going to direct this at Mike Gill and everybody at 97.3 in Atlantic City, the Jersey, Philly area, who does sports talk there. I know our great station there. The Philadelphia 76ers, okay, for the better part of the last decade, every single summer is a hot mess with them. They went from the process to basically, you know, Sam Hinkie ran it, basically kicked out of the NBA, not actually, not literally, but figuratively, mm-hmm. to a general manager in Jerry Colangelo, uh, Brian Colangelo, excuse me, that, that had the burner account situation, Yep. right? To now Daryl Morey, who's on the tarmac waiting for James Harden to, to arrive, and now Harden is overseas doing an Adidas campaign saying, I'll never be on an organization with that guy again, to supplement that, oh, by the way, we have the Ben Simmons situation, and you're wasting the prime years of Joel Embiid. That, my friends, is a dumpster fire. What about the team that actually traded for Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia Sixers to Brooklyn Nets? Okay, well, that, I, that, was, that I mean, think about how bad of a dumpster fire that was. You had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, three All NBA caliber players, two guys that have won MVPs, and you ended up not. I think they won one total playoff series since KD and Kyrie got to Brooklyn. Less than twenty games together. They, they, the three of them. they won one playoff series in the four years that those guys were together. That, that, that is absolutely a dumpster fire. They were forced to pivot off of that, and a part of that pivot was trading James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, who can't shoot and didn't want to play with his team because he had mental health issues. I'm sorry. Brooklyn is a bigger dumpster fire than the Philadelphia no 76ers. Way. At, least no the, way. at least the Sixers were in the playoffs and they got an MVP out of it. The Angels haven't made the postseason since 2014. There at least go. you're talking about organizations that have made it to the postseason. Well, that's true. That is true. And the talent yeah. on the Angels, they arguably have the two best players in the sport yeah. when healthy and Otani and, fair, and Trout, fair. obviously. 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's get some phone calls in from you guys on this. The biggest dumpster fire in sports. So understand this. It's not only the biggest dumpster fire. You have the top yesterday with the Bears. That's <laughs> Part of the argument and the, and the catch on this. Jason in Ohio listening on 93.1 The Fan. What's up, Jason? Hey, good morning, guys. I love your show. Chris, you're awesome, no matter what show you're on. Um, I'm going to one-up you. Not only are the Bears the biggest dumpster fire, Chicago sports is the biggest dumpster fire. You can add the White Sox, the Blackhawks, the Bulls, all to that giant heaping pile of mess. <laughs> Okay, here's uh, let me try to fight that off a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I can't, I can't wait to hear this. I, right, I can't fight it off. I cannot fight it off right now on the Bears. I can't. Like it's not even worth the argument. The White Sox had a down year, but the White Sox have been a, a decent franchise recently. I think that that's a little bit unfair. The Cubs potentially, right? They're potentially a playoff team yeah, this year. They're in the they're in the right? wild card mix. Yeah. And then the Blackhawks are resetting, but they got the number one pick, Connor Bedard. So and they I mean, look at you with hockey draft references. Connor Bedard, very good. <laughs> well done. But I mean, let's you, break down you, the you, second round. But around. you got some hope, though. What I'm saying is, you got to sell winning, or you got to sell hope. And they're, at they're, least the Blackhawks, at the least NHL the Blackhawks have some hope, right? Let's do that hockey. Yeah, they won, let's they won do three that Stanley Cups. They're right? coming yeah. off a dynasty, so yeah, of course exactly. they need to recalibrate. And the Bulls, I have no defense. To me, it makes absolutely no sense that Demar Derozan's still on that team. They should have traded him. Zach Levine. The contract they regret. I think exactly. Lonzo Ball. Uh, well, Lonzo Ball is, is yeah, an unfortunate yeah, situation yeah. there, and they have pieces like Alex Caruso. I just, you know what? The moment I say Alex Caruso, I realize I should stop. Uh, Kevin <laughs> there you in go. Florida on the ESPN app. Listening. What's up, Kevin? 
Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Um, I got to go with the Brooklyn Ness on this one. That was like the slowest, fast explosion ever. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But the, don't the Nets feel again like they're heading in the right direction? Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. Again, when we, I, I got to stop myself. When I break down the Nets, I realize, move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying they, well, went, they were ahead. Well, you brought up the Sixers, up and the it was a natural, <laughs> but it was a natural transition because the Sixers shipped no. their problems I'm gonna, up I-95 <laughs> to Brooklyn. I'm going to do an on-air air air check <laughs> of us. Yeah. You brought up a relevant team. I decided to go with the irrelevant version of that team. So you now did. we move on. We yeah. get back to what's going on with this team in Chicago and the Bears. Are they the team that has the most concerns coming into Sunday? Because uh, can you imagine – can you imagine if that team, which I think we can, loses again and they get blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs, what we're going to be like on Monday? But they're not the only team, obviously, that has to win on Sunday. Which team should have the most concern about losing on Sunday? We will get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.